more discussion with Emily Lee, a former member of the AUB Polygamy Group, next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Through the years, we have had the privilege of interviewing former members of uh, many of the people that have come out of Mormon polygamy groups. The three largest groups and the most influential of the polygamy groups are the FLDS, the Kingstons, and the All Red Group, also known as the AUB. Now, it's interesting that these three groups have drawn the most attention because of their illegal activities in our communities. Today, we're doing a follow-up interview with former member of the All Red Group. She's been out for several years, but has a vivid memory and recall of the group's indoctrinations, the gaslighting, the oppressive environment, and abuses by family as well as religious leaders. And so, well, uh, welcome back, Emily. Thank Thanks you. for coming and yeah. sharing again. It's good to see you again. And we kind of stopped in the middle of a discussion last time and wanted to continue further because there's so much to talk about. <laughs> we could talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> we could. And so uh, we mentioned that we'd do it again. And so here we are. And thank you for yeah. coming to do it again. Of course. Uh, it's important to tell our stories. We talked about this last time. The more we speak out, perhaps the more likely others who are still trapped in these polygamy groups may watch may recognize that they've been indoctrinated and, and that they've been taught wrongly and understand that they've been raised in a cult. Exactly. A lot of people don't like to call cults cult, but they are. They are. Cults are cults. And it's definitely hard to accept that you've lived in a cult or believed in a cult or been raised in a cult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard for a lot of them to admit, so they would just deny it. Yeah. They live in denial in that. In fact, God will be pleased they're afraid that God will, will damn them or punish them if they leave, but God will actually be pleased if they leave their polygamy group because it is a cult and they're not, they're, they're not teaching the right things about God. So he is pleased when they reject that and embrace the truth. Exactly. He is. Yeah. They threaten people against leaving. All the while we were growing up, there's threats all the time of people leaving. What kind of threats did they give to you? Did they threaten you with about leaving? I don't remember a lot of threats as far as my physical person. It was more of spiritual damnation. Yeah. You won't be able to see your family. Everyone will go on without you. You'll either go to hell or to purgatory. Um, I, th I think most of it was that or being cut off from the family. Yeah. And because there's so much parentification for children in polygamy, you're, re you're raising your younger siblings. And so yeah. if you leave, a lot of times you're having to leave behind siblings that you feel The only people you've ever known in right, life. Right, right. Were you ever threatened with the buffetings of Satan? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, obviously you weren't. Some people were. Some people were. I think Karen Bradshaw talks about how she was threatened with the buffetings of Satan. And it depends on the polygamy group what that means. Yeah. You know, but it's mostly just a life of horror, a life of awful, um, you know, things going on, awful incidences, punishing of God. Yeah, yeah. God will Satan. punish you. Yeah. You're not protected. You're he not turns safe. You Satan, and Satan can beat you. Right. He has the ability to access you anytime yeah. if you're yeah. not part of a church. Yeah. There's a lot of people are threatened with that. 
In fact, there's a little booklet I got from the FLDS that talks about that. It was horrible. But, you know, God desires freedom. He's the author of freedom. He desires the freedom of people. He doesn't desire them to be caught up in this bondage of of religious organization or polygamy. Right. And what they teach you about him. Now, you were born. Let's do a little bit of review. It's been a few weeks since we did the last one. So let's just do a little bit of review of your background. Yeah. You were born and raised in the AUB, which is the All Red Polygamy Group. Um, and who was the leader when you, as you were being raised, and who's the leader now and your relationship to? When I was <clears throat> born, uh, Owen Allred was the leader of the church, and he came after Rulon Allred. And my father, David Watson, is the leader of the AUB currently. Currently. Mm-hmm. And he just became, what, about a year or so ago that he became the Yeah, leader? I think it was October of 21. So mm-hmm. we're coming up on two years, mm-hmm. okay. uh, going on two years. But Owen Allred was the leader at the time that you were being raised, so you were raised under him as the prophet right. of the group. But yep. he was the only prophet in the, in the entire world for God? Did they teach that? The only true prophet. Well, yeah, the only true prophet. (laughs) Uh, What about your triggering points? We all have triggering points after we escape religious cults. Uh, And there's a lot to learn, a lot to unlearn. And last time we discussed some of the things we struggled with, some of the things we had to unlearn. But did you have triggering points where something would be said, somebody would say something, or you'd think something, and, and, it, and it would just take you back, maybe give you some bad vibes, if you will, or something that would turn you emotionally Oh, so many things. Down. So many things were triggering. So many things still are mm-hmm. triggering, and I've been out for a long time. Yeah. Um, what well, seems to be the strongest triggering point? I think... Probably one of the things that's the hardest is the notion of not being with family in heaven, um, not going to heaven. Um, but as a Christian, you know better. Right, that. right, right. I know that and I understand that. But still, it's something. But still, it's almost you. like that flesh instinct like it's you almost don't have control over it you hear certain things or think certain things and it just bounces back to you yeah it's like that brief second of and then you got to go oh wait that's not the truth Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know the truth yeah I I have that with some with some relationship issues sometimes and um with money that took Mm -hmm. me a long time because money all belonged to them it didn't belong to me I couldn't have money I couldn't have certain things and that triggered me for years and years it doesn't much anymore but every once in a while it'll bounce back to me yeah 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 and I think that people outside of the church are evil so okay so probably the thing that's been the hardest for me is being outside of the state of Utah oh yeah so going anywhere traveling anywhere being anywhere that not having that close community, not having the... Um, you had the umbrella of Zion over yes, you. Yes, yes. Which was and the protection so of God. Mm-hmm, living in that bubble. Yeah. It just feels like being in this bubble and you get outside of it and it's 
dangerous. I'd forgotten about that, but that's true. That bothered me for a long time, too, yeah. after I got out. Yeah. I eventually realized God was everywhere. <laughs> I didn't need to be here for his, for him to protect me. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's kind of strange the way those things do. Uh, after you left the AUB, explain some of the difficulties you had adjusting to culture outside of the group. Now, uh, I, I want to preface that by saying that, that it's been described as leaving polygamy group as, as having landed on Mars. You know, or, or in a totally different foreign country where you don't know the culture, you don't know the language, you don't know the people, you don't know how they dress or how they eat. Uh, you just have to learn everything yeah. different. Uh, you really what were do. some of the things that you had to uh, adjust to that was the most difficult for you or the, or the most surprising? Getting to know people, even just being out in the community in general and operating every day, you know, in the day-to-day -day world and understanding that people aren't necessarily instinctively evil and yeah. not everyone is going to harm me. And yeah. I think the anxiety, just the ingrained anxiety, just the fear of everything. And, and it's like, not necessarily felt like going to Mars, but maybe like I came to Earth from Mars. Like I'm an alien <laughs> okay, and there's okay. something wrong with me. Yeah. In some way I'm broken and I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not valuable enough. Just kind of this feeling of I'm not enough. That, that value issue is exactly. huge. Yeah, huge exactly. Um, what about trust issues? Did you trust people too much or not? did you not trust anybody when... People outside of the group. I th I think it went both ways. I was probably extremely too trusting in certain ways and then not trusting enough in others. Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting to know friends, you know, making girlfriends and getting to know people. Um, that was always... I always struggled with that. I had a hard time with that. You had, did you have a, have a hard time making friends, keeping friends, or or being a friend? I had, yeah, I had a hard time making friends and and keeping friends. Um, I think that my sisters and even my brothers and we we just kind of were our own little community. Mm. And I I remember being about twenty one years old and consciously telling myself, I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to make friends in this neighborhood. We had moved from Sandy to Harriman and built a home out there and we moved into that home and I had to talk myself through, mm -hmm. just be yeah. who you are. Yeah. And funny enough, one of my very best friends to this day I met during that time and We've had a great friendship over the years. Mm -hmm. Raised our kids together. Still. Did still. you tell them freely? Tell them that you were from polygamy. Your I new did. Made I did. did. Yeah. I I felt like it was great to put that out there because yeah. if people had an issue with it, then I was oh, well. going to find out at one point or another. So why not find out from the beginning? Yeah. Most huh. of my siblings wouldn't say that. That that's interesting because. 
I didn't. I, I was afraid to tell anybody I was from polygamy. I, I did make friends, you know, and uh, and there were a few, not, not a great deal of friends, but a few close friends that I was able to, to establish. But I never told anybody I was from polygamy. I was afraid to, and I was ashamed to, both. Yeah. There were times that I was ashamed. I think if I was speaking to a well-respected person that felt like they had, you know, some type of authority in the community or something, then it was embarrassing to say that yeah. I was from that. From the police. Mm -hmm. and, and then, of course, part of for me was uh, we were threatened. Don't you tell anybody about polygamy or you'll, God will strike you with a lightning bolt and you'll, you know, you'll <laughs> die and go to, to hell. hell and yeah. then God will, they, Satan will really get you. Yeah. What was your attitude toward religion after you left? I think it was something I kind of kept in my back pocket. <laughs> like, I will get back to that at some point. I, I think that it was something that I thought that I had to have in my life. And if I wasn't going to be part of the AUB, then I needed to be part of the LDS church. Mm -hmm. And so... You needed to have something. Right. I needed to have something. And... Yet it was also so many questions of if God loves us the way that he does, why is life so miserable? If God mm -hmm. loves us the way that he does, why is there so much abuse? If mm -hmm. God loves us, why do we go without? Um, so there was definitely a hard line between God and this new yeah. world of yeah. Life. And of course, we didn't know the true God or the true purpose. Or, right. Or we didn't understand at all. And so you were raised that God did love you? I mean, if you read in the Bible at all, it but talks about raised, that. Did they indoctrinate you that God loved you? In the, in the AUB teachings, did they teach you? Did your parents teach you or your classes teach you that God loved you? I, you know, I don't really remember that that, that being a very big topic yeah. that but the only way god could love you is if you did what the polygamy group right said you had you, you had to you had to follow the rules you had to get things straight you yeah, had and, to and, you and i never understood why other people could and i couldn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good question isn't it um the the polygamy group instills fear you so know, much fear. plant fear and shame mm -hmm. in us, and for very many different reasons. Right. And love, actually, I was not raised that God loved me. I, I, re I raised that he loved some people, but I wasn't one of them because I was such a sinner. Right. You know, and so I was always living in that shame and fear of God's hatred towards me, that I was a wicked person, and, and he was going to get me. Yeah. He was going to get me. I can see that, and I can understand that, and I think... Maybe had I not had the mom that I had, um, but my mom just was love. That's she loved awesome. everyone, loved her kids. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I think that her exhibit of that was... Made the difference. Made the difference. Because yeah. mm -hmm. it was my mom who instilled God's wrath in me, how much God was wrath. And of course, uh, indoctrinated into polygamy, I got lectures all the time of, of how you have to submit to this polygamy. And how God would bless you if you did, and how He wouldn't if you didn't. I don't right. know if you got any of that, but that was big in my life growing up. I think it was a. I think that there was a lot 
more indoctrination in the Kingstons versus the AUB in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's just always such an undertone of it Uh in the church and in the teachings. Right, right. Okay. Now, I want to get into part of, well, all of the polygamy groups, but particularly the AUB, because that's where you're from, and uh, the leadership. Now, Mormonism teaches that God calls certain people to do certain things, they, they, to certain positions, to certain tasks, to, uh, that it's God's calling. And if that includes who the leader of the group will be or who the prophet right. will be of the group. Uh, previous prophets and leaders of the all-red polygamy group have been abusers and molesters and dishonest. They've been mm-hmm. thieves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all, all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Did you ever wonder why God would appoint, why he would call dishonorable and corrupted men to lead his people? Did that, was that something that you wondered why people didn't wonder about even? I have wondered that many times <laughs> over my life. Yeah. I think I knew that God wouldn't <laughs> call men like that to be leaders. So you knew the men that God didn't actually call them, that they called themselves? I think at a very young age, I understood that. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I don't think that that, that was a hard lesson to learn. Well, it's, it's really something, of course, God knows the characters of everybody. He knows their secrets. And, right. And, and so uh, some people have, who have even left Mormonism, you know, um, or any of the polygamy groups would wonder, why would God choose a man like that to be the leader? If God called them to be the leader, why did he call them? There's always a reason. And in the AUB, there's a law. It's probably the law that you follow the most. And that is you do not speak ill of the prophet. Mm -hmm. So no matter what they do, no matter how horrendous it is, there's no accountability Mm -hmm. uh, for sure for the prophet, Mm -hmm. but for the majority of the leaders. And we're going to talk about that too in a little bit later about this accountability. Um, uh, There's several members of the council who were accused of sexual abuse. There's actually mm-hmm. been a couple that went to prison for abuse, sexual abuse. But many of them were never held accountable. No. Uh, why would they not be held accountable by the membership or at least by the family members of those they abused? I mean, reality is reality. You can't speak ill of the leader, but look what he did. Right. What's the thinking? Is the thinking cut off somewhere? I don't understand the logic. That's definitely a question that I've asked many times. You've where asked, you've I've asked, asked many times. Where is the accountability? Any answers? Why there isn't an answer. The only thing that comes back is that it's a good old boys club. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Um, they have all seemed really corrupt from what I've known. Do you think that the failure to bring justice, to hold them accountable, enables others to become even more wicked or more evil or more abusive? A hundred percent. Because they know they're not going to be held accountable. They know they're not going to be held accountable. I think it breeds so much abuse in every area of abuse. And I think that it teaches and raises 
narcissists and mm -hmm. power hungry, control hungry, crazy people. And this goes into something maybe you can't answer. I know I can't. Um, I can guess, but do you think they really believe in God? That that if there's a God, wouldn't God hold them accountable? Wouldn't God himself hold them accountable for, for what they've done? And yet they go on every day without having, it seems, seemingly, any, mm -hmm. any accountability to God himself for all the evil they're doing. Yeah, I think that they believe in themselves. And they believe that they are gods. Or they will become gods. Right. And they've been... But there's not a God of justice up there watching what they're doing. What What do you think? How do they I, put that together in their minds? It's so confusing. Yeah. It's so confusing to me because there should be justice. There should be accountability. And getting a stern talking to from a fellow councilman is not justice. That's not accountability. Mm -mm. And yet they have their own internal court system or you know if you have an issue with a fellow member or someone you know that's part of the church then you can take it to the council as they say and then the council will make decisions and you're supposed to follow what the council says for you to follow and, and to do and you're told that god has advised them this though right right, right. but but hasn't. they he hasn't and they don't follow through the majority of the time, at least from what I've seen right. In, right. in my experiences and in my life. Um, um, what about the parents that have abused children, that have been abused by someone else? Now, there's a lot of abuse within families, too, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about parents whose children have been abused by maybe council members or the mm -hmm. leader, and yet... Why don't they fight for their kids? Uh, because they're brainwashed. They don't defend their children. They're indoctrinated and they don't. It's like they're stripped of all common sense. Uh, you know, I had a conversation um, with my mom the other day in regards to this. Mm -hmm. And she with big tears in her eyes said, I should have handled that differently. Mm -hmm. I should have gone to the police. I should not have yeah. taken that to the council. Wow. Wow. And wow. I was definitely a little taken aback to hear her say that, mm -hmm. but I was also grateful to hear her say yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. You know, it makes me think of when you go to the national parks, they have all kinds of uh, especially where there's bears, they'll have watch out for the bears, watch out for wild right, animals, right. And, and so on and so forth. And and particularly, mama bears are dangerous, right? If, if they've got little cubs, they're particularly yeah. dangerous to defend. They'll do anything to defend their cubs, keep their children safe, their cubs safe. On the same note, mothers in polygamy who themselves have suffered so deeply in the in the culture um, as as uh, as plural wives will offer their daughters as sacrificial offerings to the older men in the polygamy group, and yet nature doesn't take over. The mama bear syndrome doesn't take over. Yeah, uh, I know they're brainwashed, and I know that, but why doesn't this innate parental protection come to play? I think it's twofold. I think it's the indoctrination, 
And I think it's that most of them are living in survival mode. Yeah. They can barely keep their heads above water. Okay. They have six to 12 kids and they're raising them on their own. They're, you know, going to as many of their church meetings as they can. They're being emotionally, sometimes physically, even sexually abused by their husbands. And, or someone else. Or someone else, yeah. even their own sister wives. And I think that they, some do the best that they can. And some are just as narcissistic as the men. And it gives them glory. It gives them light. And being raised, I mean, generationally, mm -hmm. it, 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 has to, it has to break down. Because each generation is going to be taught by a broken generation. Right. And so it just breaks down more and more and more as you go through the motions of the generational polygamy. And yeah. The groups yeah. Sad. It is very sad. It is sad. Did that happen in your family? I mean, you, you talked about your mother being sad. Um, what a... a was she abused? Yes. I mean, I don't want you to say anything you don't feel. Yeah, she she about. grew up in a lot of abuse. And obviously, I won't go into details. It's not, um, it's not. It's not something you it's should, not something, you should tell. Yeah. yeah, right. And yet, it's all. It's not something also that's hidden or secretive either. But that's her story. But that's least. her story, yeah. exactly. And I know that her mother was abused. Mm. And I know that the generation my father on. was abused, and I know that his father was abused. And so I know that the abuse has been very generational. Generational. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so sad. Um, and, and have you heard plural wives express their motives of why their daughters should go through the same abuse they've gone through? Or do they just shut down? Well, Not they don't face it. They don't even necessarily, they don't face it and they don't necessarily look at it as abuse. I don't think that they fully understand the amount of abuse that they're enduring. And they truly believe that however hard this life is, the bigger, better their kingdom will be in the next life. Yeah, that's true. That's, that was something my mother, my mother really um, preached a lot on. Yeah. Was that. Her this is a test. Great. God owed her a great mm -hmm. reward for all of this. Right. Uh, we're getting to the end of this. We're going to have to do this again because uh, there's more to talk about. But I want to. I want to end with just one remark that I think it was uh, Fanny Stenhouse in her book "Tell It All," where she talks about getting out of Mormon Utah when they decide when they've discovered the Mormon Church was true, and and she was helped into by a Gentile to come and stay in. Um, in their home until they could get out of, uh, safely get out of Utah. And, and the, the man who, the couple who helped them, uh, she saw the first time how a non-Mormon man treated his wife. And she said, she just brought tears to her eyes. She said he treated her with deference, mm -hmm. with respect. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he, he was very kind and gentle with her. And he, she said, I'd never seen that in the polygamy community. Right. But that kind of treatment. Uh, and it was, of course, a monogamous marriage. That, of course. That, that was. <laughs> but, you know, there is so much difference in the two cultures. There really is. Women who understand, like you said, they don't know any yeah. different. Yeah. They don't know what uh, a true godly marriage is supposed to be like. Well, we're going to do this again. We're going to do this again. This was only part one. Well, part one of the third part. 
<laughs> so watch next time as we continue with our discussion with Emily. And thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.